Hello everyone and welcome. It's the Super 6 podcast with me, Laura Woods, and Bio Akinfenwa. It is the first one that we are doing ever between you and I, Bio. I'm looking forward to it. So we are going to do six of the best. Because it's episode one, we're going to do our six best ever debuts. Also, because Liverpool's my team, so you know they did that and they threw that my way. We're going to go and dip into the archives because Leeds take on Liverpool at Anfield in the Super 6 Rewind. We're also going to be discussing this week's Super 6 fixtures and we're going to give you our predictions ahead of round one and you get a chance to win a million pounds. Oh, 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 big money there. (laughs) So I'm saying with all that, listen, you can get involved on Twitter, get involved in the conversation, but make sure you use the hashtag Super 6 Podcast. Right, let's get straight into it then. Okay. I know what you've been up to because I've pretty much been there the whole time, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, let's just... You've been there because we've been working together. You oh, know yeah, them ones because you know how them rumours start and that, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I, I, I won't like this rumour and that, but it's like, nah, listen, <laughs> I've been here. Like, we've been here. Um, getting ready for the championship season. Um, I've just... I'm coming back from operation. Yeah. And so I'm six weeks post-op. So we've got six weeks to go, fingers crossed mm. on that. So, yeah, man, looking forward to it, working hard. Right, I saw you at the weekend. So I was working on the Carabao Cup. We went to Brentford's new stadium, Brentford Community Stadium, which was absolutely beautiful, by Amazing. the way. They played Wickham. Your boys went down to 10 men. They went 1-0 down as well before that even happened. I thought it was dead and buried. You were alongside me because you were a pundit that day. Yeah. And can I just tell the listeners, if you didn't watch that show, I'll tell the listeners how nervy that was because this, the show started... I had two guests, right? One of them's Sam Saunders. So played for Wickham, played for Brentford, at Brentford now, working with their young lads, their B team. He's brilliant. He's on time. He's early, in fact. So I'm like, this is great. Anyway, we're about to go on air and I'm like, missing missing someone, missing Bio Akinfenwa, right? A big miss at the top of the show. So we literally, we go on air and there's like a minute of video. So it's like an opener. So I've got to just voice a little bit and then we go straight to this opener. And then while this opener is playing, I can just see you walking across the top of the new stadium, not the roof, but just like alongside one of the stands, making your way down. And obviously you're coming back from an injury, so you can't run. And I'm just planning in my head thinking, right, the maths here, it's going to take him 20 seconds to get on the stairs. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I'm like, he's going to get in shot, but he needs to get his earpiece on. Basically, you make it with, I would say, about six seconds to go. Listen, listen, I've been told it's all about the entrance. But look, (laughs) what makes me laugh, as I was walking in, innit, like, there's this thing about the stigma about me that I'm always late. Where where does that come from? I don't even know, like, do you know what I'm saying? All listen, I... my punctuality time, my timekeeping is not the greatest, but this one wasn't my fault. They, and I put they because I'm not really trying to make them because I still want to work for them, so I'm not going to try and throw them under the bus and that. <laughs> but they messed up my transport. So anyway, all long story short and that, I got there in the end, got my earpiece in and... As I said, I was a professional. You were great, actually. Yeah. You hit the ground running. Um, and like I say, Wickham went 1-0 down and then a man sent off. Yeah. Out of nowhere, equalised. You did say something. You said something in commentary and you were like, look, we never... You basically don't know when you're beaten, do you? Yeah. And it showed. Look, you know what? And the thing is, I think they make a big thing about Wickham's style of play. You saw the stats at the end of the day. Uh, Brentford monopolised the ball. Mm. They have the ball and that's the way they play. And I think they'll do that to most teams in the championship. But at the same time, if you look at chances, we look like we had the better chances. Yeah. Um, and that's what we've done. You know, our ethos, I've said this a few times, like we emulate our manager. Our manager's real up and at it. He's a unique character. And he's got a bunch of boys, a bunch of characters that want to fight for each other. So listen, like... I ain't going to lie, when we went down to 10 men, I was thinking, oh, this could be problematic. But listen, the boys, 
the boys worked hard and it's just what we've been doing for the last four years and you know unfortunately penny shootouts are a lottery and you know brentford won and my gaffer won't want me to say that but i think like maybe it was the best of the situations we got a small squad and if we had got through it it'd have been saturday wednesday saturday wednesday so mm. i guess it's the best of the bad situation in the sense of play well and lose can i just tell you a little secret I think your manager is the best thing since sliced bread. Yes. I was pretty overwhelmed actually. He came and did an interview, didn't he? Yeah, with yeah, us yeah, yeah. Before the like before the game even kicked off. He did it live and I was so starstruck. <laughs> I was then just like holding it yeah. together. I was so starstruck. Then I was like, there, oh. yeah. like he's cool, man. Like, listen, I don't I've, I keep saying this. I don't know about his dress swag. I don't know about his That's attire. Great. It don't really does it for me, you know what I'm saying? But he's unique. He loves his leather jackets. He loves his cowboy <laughs> boots. He, you know what I'm saying? He's a unique character, and I've said that. I just want to mention, like, we obviously want listeners, don't we? So yeah. as many listeners as we can get. So do you reckon your teammates, your Wiccan boys, are going to be listening? What? It's mandatory. Mm. Like, like, I ain't going to lie. They already said, I told them, look, I'm doing a podcast with LW. That's what I'm calling LW this season, yeah? <laughs> That's my homegirl, LW. I said, listen, I'm doing a podcast with LW. Listen. And I don't think they're going to listen for me. You know what I'm saying? They're going to listen for you and that. So listen, all the people out there, listen. We need them listeners. You know what I'm saying? So you throw what I've been doing. What you been doing? What's Because I know you be doing talk sport and that. So you be up early hours and that. So what's new, man? What's What's been going on? Do you know what? I, honestly, I don't even think I've had holiday. I, I took this job about four months ago, talk sport breakfast. And uh, right at the beginning of lockdown. And I've just been doing it. I've just been, I feel like I've just been on this thing, like this train and it just keeps going. And I'm just on it at the moment. And I'm enjoying it and I'm loving it. I haven't stopped. So whereas like, you know, lockdown for a lot of people was a chance to slow down really. I feel like for me it like doubled in speed yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden like the Premier League came back and then we had a little bit of a break but I didn't really have a break so I still do radio and then now the league's coming back again and it's just crazy and to be honest like I actually love it like I love being busy and I love I mean going to the football games again even though there's no fans in the stadium I loved it at Brentford the weekend but there'll be a lot of studio based shows Carabao Couple season all that sort of stuff so it's going to keep me very very busy but I'm buzzing for it and I'm buzzing for this as well actually yeah so listen I ain't gonna lie like for me I'm the same with you I think we we're similar in the sense where I enjoy being big busy if you're on my socials you know 24 hours a day I'm I'm on the go um <laughs> See, I, I just don't like being static. My mind likes to go 100 miles right. an hour. The only thing that's slow is me on the pitch. But other than that, like, <laughs> other than that, I'm, everything else is quick, quick, quick. But me on the pitch, that's where I, I guess I get my rest. You know. Anybody that agree with it, I'm fighting them. I'm just letting, <laughs> I'm just letting you know about that. Um, but let me ask you a question. So then, so you do Sky. How's things with Sky? Sky, Sky bless? Sky's great, yeah. Sky's so great. how does TV Compared compare to radio? To radio? I get asked this a lot, which one do I prefer? Um, and I've got to be honest, I, I like the mixture of it. Do you know, I like the variety of it. Yeah. So TV is brilliant, but there is so much more to think about because you've got to think, um, where are my eyes going? You know, I'm looking at the camera, I'm going to this, I'm going to that, da, da, da. You've got to think about what you're wearing. There's so many different things you've got to think about, but the buzz is different. And then radio is really chilled. So it's just like radio, you can literally sit like we are now, like with our feet up hanging around and you've got more time to talk and more time to explain yourself. Whereas TV is very quick and it's very organised. But the highs that you get from each of them are so different that if I do a lot of radio, I'll miss TV. And then if I do a lot of TV, I'll miss radio. So I grew up on TV. It's, I've only been doing radio about, this is my third season, I think. So TV I've been in for since I was about 21 years old. So really, um, I like the mixture. 
Throw a couple of podcasts in it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying you got best of both worlds. You're yeah. a triple threat now. Podcast, <laughs> TV and radio. You go. I need to be a triple threat in something because I can't sing, I can't dance and I can't act. So, That's true. I've seen you know, her dance. She right? can't. <laughs> People know she can't dance. I'm sorry. <laughs> One million pound in your account. Can you imagine? predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win a huge £1 million jackpot. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more DLs. Right, we're going to get into this now. And uh, we did mention at the top, we're doing this thing, six of the best, right? So um, ultimately what it is today is we're picking three each, so we do six in total, our best debuts. Are you ready? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You know what, let me go first. Right, I'm going to throw my, I'll throw three of what I can recall as mm, the best debuts that stand out to me. Yeah. So my first one would be Leon Knight, his debut for Swansea. I was his strike partner. He came in, little brother. So we had straight away went to the little and large <laughs> combination and yeah. that. He came in, I was thinking, right, this boy's small. That's my first of it. And then he came on and banged a hat trick. We played MK Dons, I think it was. Scored a hat trick. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm the guy." I was like, "Yes, you are the guy." Mm-hmm. So that Leon Knight scored a hat trick on his debut against Swansea. Second one, um, boom. Let me go because I feel like after this, like England just played Denmark, didn't really do so well. Just kind of got through about the other team they played. My memory's messed, but they won one nil. Um, I think it was Iceland. Bam. Mm. So they're getting a bit, but for me, I love what Gav Southgate's doing. I love the the young boys. I love the new culture. It looks like he's bringing. I love the funness. That's, um, that's interesting though, because he got a bit of criticism, didn't he? See, I don't understand why. I, I feel like, and this I was going to say, his first international tournament, they got to the semi-finals. So that for me is a, a great debut on that. So salute Gav Southgate. But what I don't understand is like when he did that, and everybody was saying how great he was because. It was very open. It was very chilled. The media was allowed to come in and it was like, yeah, you know what? It's great. This beautiful, young. Then as soon as it goes left, all of a sudden, it's like, nah, man, see, you're doing it wrong. You're, just for me, it's you can never please everybody. So I'm glad he's doing it his way. Continue to do it his way. And, and that's just for everybody. Do it your way, man. You can't please everybody. And that's if you keep trying to please people, you're going to come up short anyway. So... That, I'll give it to him on that. I don't even understand why he's getting criticism. Look, mm. football's football. You know, you're going to be up there and you're going to be in the middle and you're going to be down there and it's just trust in the process. So big up Gareth Southgate, but I'm going to give Gareth Southgate on that one. And then the last one, bam, let me go to the head. You're an Arsenal supporter and my guy Danny Rose is in the media uh, recently and that. The debut. He debut against Arsenal yeah. and he banged it top bins and ran off, didn't know what he was doing and that. So you got to just love that. Like, you... You, you, you always want to try and beat your debut, innit? But I don't think you can beat that debut. You know what I'm saying? To be fair, it was an absolute banger of a goal. Jeez. A banger of a goal. Rocket, rocket. So that's my three. What's your three? To do that on your debut as well. Oh, that's mad. You, you just, you, you dream. You into folklore in that, North London derby. You know them ones where the night before as being a player, you're like, if I can kind of, he would be like, clean sheet, get a good couple crosses in, yeah. be solid. That's what you'd be dreaming, innit? Like, then you'd be like, right, if I can score on my debut... North London Derby and that. Jeez, it, it don't get any better. That's a salute D-Rose for that. All right, I'm going to go on the same lines of um, scoring on your debut. I'm actually going to do a goal, actually, against Arsenal as well. Oh, do, you, do you support Arsenal? Yeah. No. You do, yeah? You sure? I know, I know. But as an Arsenal fan, I'm sort of like, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Rooney, 
The reason I'm doing this, Rooney for Everton, oh, first Premier League goal. Barring in. Yeah, so I'm saying debut goal. So not necessarily debut performance, I'm saying debut goal. Wayne Rooney's 16 years old. The thing that I remember about that specifically is the comms, remember the name? Yeah. And it's like iconic, isn't it? So Wayne Rooney, that's a goal against Arsenal. I'm giving it a little tick, even though uh, it's against my team, but I'm a big person, bro, so I can do this. No, no, I'll give you that. I remember watching him thinking, this guy's a bulldog. Mm. He was 16 and his shoulders wrapped. And I was like, yeah, man, this is my guy. And I didn't even know him. And he played for Everton. So that's my my, my team's rival. But I just, he was rugged. Mm. And then when he just whipped it, Barring in, jeez, remember the name. Exactly. Another debut performance I've got for you. This one, I mean, this kid. If you're talking about powerful kids and kids that have got a good future, Erling Haaland. So his debut for Dortmund, off the bench as well, scores a hat-trick. They're trailing 3-1. He does it in 20 minutes. He's insane, isn't he? Let me... Do you know the way I, I see him? He scored two against Northern Ireland yeah. the other day. Two bang... The first one. Oh, my life. Like, as a striker, like, of course, my, my ilk ain't technique. That's not my ilk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'll put myself up if I have to head up, but my ilk's not technique. But him, you know, he just keeps doing it. Like, your debut, a hat-trick, and then the goals, the techers, it just seems like this guy is he's a problem. Mentally, he looks like a different breed because he's almost, like, impenetrable. He's like he's got a robot brain. Like he knows exactly what he can do and he doesn't care who he annoys and he's just going to go and do it. I want him in the Premier League one day, like no doubt. hundred percent. He looks like a, like he's enjoying himself. Exactly that. You know, you, you've seen the pictures he's posted, like he'll be out there, no top on, he'll be in the hay, he'll be holding the fish. You know, <laughs> when I say that, unconventional and a unique character in the sense where, listen, yeah. I, he knows he can play ball. Like, he knows he's a good footballer. So, and that's such a wicked trait to have at such a young age. He's fearless. He's enjoying himself. Mm. And whenever they ask him questions, he's just got a grin on his face. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I just did it. So, no, I'm a good human. Did you see as well those goals for Norway? He did the Michu celebration. Yeah. When he was younger, he used to tag him in because that was his hero. So, he used to tag him in on his Instagram and he used to tag himself as Michu. That's, that's mad. And that's, funny, that's how young... What, is he even 20 yet? He's so young. He's I know. That's so, what when you talk about Michu, Michu was around... Not too long ago and he's jeez right my third one the reason I picked this one right is because I didn't want to just do boring brilliant debuts or first goals or anything like that whatever if we were talking about teams I would have said Sheffield United in terms of Chris Wilder's debut year as a manager in, yeah, the, yeah. in the Premier League and what they've done but I didn't I decided to go for one a little bit outside the box and when we're talking about top debuts I'll put this at the top because I'm talking about bad debuts okay you go. I'm talking about Jonathan Woodgate Real Madrid scores an own goal <laughs> wants to make it better gets himself sent off yeah it don't get any worse than that it literally are you talking about forget it's not like and I'm not even downplaying any teams but it's not like it's a smaller team it's like real it's Madrid it? it's the iconic team where you're like yeah yeah boom this is my first game. Let me show people that I'm about that life, you know. I'm going to win my headers. I'm going to lift a couple people up. You know, that's how Jonathan <laughs> would go. Like, yeah, I'm going to lift them up in the tackle and that. Then you score an on goal. You're like, oh, don't worry. Like, I can I can change this round. I'll, I'll get a corner, maybe get a goal or do a bad boy tackle and then gets himself sent off. And then you're walking down like, rah, rah. Oi. But listen, I ain't going to lie. Listen, like, that's why I'm not even going to be too hard for him because I can top that. Well, I didn't score an on goal, but my debut for Wickham. 
you get sent off? I got sent off. What? Yeah, my day before Wickham. So I got announced at the stadium. Yeah, I can film my signs. Yeah, yeah. As soon as we did that, we jump in a minibus, drive over to France, train one day, play a French team the next day. They push, uh, they 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 push one of my defenders or one of my midfielders, Luke Nine. Remember, I, I backed you by the way, and then I gra- I grabbed the centre back by the neck, pushed him down, and then I just got sent off. And then all of a sudden, it was all over Twitter. I can't ever get sent off on his debut. Look what they've signed. Are you serious? And then I got then I had to miss the next game. I think we played a Premier team in London, and because I got sent off, they said I couldn't play the next game. So I was thinking, what the... And it was only because of my reach that he came back here that he realised, oh, well, he got sent off, so he can't play. So it was a double bubble. Yeah, it was so one wait, of the your ones. profile, basically, your profile got you banned for another banned game. Banned for another game. That's what I'm saying. So you're telling me you got him around the neck? Yeah. It, was not, it sounds worse than what it was. Does it? But I got him around the neck. It does sound worse. <laughs> but listen, he was bullying like my little midfielder. So I was like, right, oh, now you're being a bully now. So I grabbed him. I went to try and grab him on his chest, but... But he was so little, you got him. It somehow got him by the neck and then I got my oh. ass sent off. So I'm like, yeah. So Jonathan Woodgate, I, I, I know how you feel, brother. That's a harsh red, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, you get away with that sort of thing all the time, right? Threatening <laughs> no. someone on the pitch. Please, not me, man. I'm <laughs> a good guy. I love that, you know, these are the stand-up moments that we want to talk about when you make your debut and that is... <laughs> but, I mean, I imagine for Wickham, is a little bit different getting sent off, but originally, like, when you first made that moment did you have your friends or your family there i know you've got brothers and you've got a sister yeah um no my first professional i was 18 and it was in lithuania so i was by wow. myself um so <laughs> mine was a little bit different because my first well my first friendly for lithuania was where it was when i first heard my racial abuse so it was when they was chanting, I can't even put it on here, but it was zigga zigga zigga. Let's let's shoot them. So it was anyway. Wow. It was proper. Um, and you were eighteen. You said? I was eighteen at this time, and it's funny because prior to that, I never even contemplated. I was, I think, when you're young, you're fearless. You're like, mm. didn't contemplate nothing about race. Didn't con- I didn't even contemplate not being able to speak the language. I didn't contemplate not enjoying the food. None of that. I was just like, I'm going to play football, and that's mm. all I wanted to do. But then my first game, it was a wake up call in the sense of, raw, this is real. So it kind of muted the feeling of playing professional. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't change It's crazy because I keep saying this. I wouldn't change it because I think your experiences shape you into the person you're going to be um, as you get older. But that was my memory in the sense of my first debut was it kind of met and it always coincides with the isolation that I got of the racial abuse I got. So it always mirrors. So I say it's bittersweet. How did it affect your appearance and your performance at the time? To be fair, I, I played a bad boy game. I remember the, the I didn't score, but I, I, in my head it was always, oh, this is what you're saying, so I'm going to show you. Mm. But I'm, I'm a bit disappointed at myself because I took myself off at the beginning of the second half. I was like, listen, man, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. Mm. And so that's why I, I, I'm always like, nah, don't let them win. And that's in any walk of life, you know what I'm saying? Don't let negativity win. Like, And that's the one thing I keep looking back and think, B, you should have just stayed on, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Score, score, do a double step over and that. Not like I can, but that's what I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But I suppose the thing is, you're 18 years old at the time. And like you say, you don't know how to deal with that. You never heard it before. So you're in the situation where hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And also now, now, like if you were giving advice to somebody else, maybe that's the advice that you would give because you've been in that situation. But I suppose when you were 18, was there anyone around you? Like afterwards, when when you finished that game, did you speak to anyone about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's Because I remember... When the Eng- when it happened in England and they asked Harry Kane should they have or they asked Sterling one of them yeah. um, should they have stayed on or should they have played the game and I said either one was right if you walked off because you felt like you wanted to walk off that was right mm. if you stayed on and just, it was right whatever your decision to deal with it is how you felt to deal with it but after the game I remember phoning my brother straight away so I came off the game still going and I called my brother and I was like yo bro it's my older one bro I'm coming home he's like bro what, what's, what's going on what happened I was like, they're being racist. Like, this is the chant. And I told him the chant. He was like, yeah. He was like, listen, B. I can remember this like it was yesterday. It's over 20 years ago. He goes, listen, B. I won't tell you to stay at anywhere you don't want to be. But, B, if you come home, they win. And that's all he said. So, like, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm your bro. I don't want you to stay nowhere where you don't, you feel uncomfortable. But if you leave, they win. And Because I, I remember, I was like, I'm coming home. I was like, bunny, I'm coming home. And mm-hmm. then, funny enough, it's just not like... Right then, I, I was thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? My brother's words are, are real. I'm, 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 I'm going to stay. I came off the phone, I was still thinking, I'm coming home, bro. I don't care about your words there. But the next morning, I call it defiant intervention, call it whatever at night. I remember thinking, nah, I will not let nobody kick me out of anywhere. And then I stayed stayed in the, the city of Clypador. We got to equivalent to the FA Cup final. We won 1-0. I scored the only goal. First time I felt fame because I opened up an Adidas stock, Adidas store, um, met the mayor, you know, didn't pay at the cinema, didn't pay at wow. restaurants. So even though I was getting racial abuse for my away fans, my fans came around. So it did show me at early age that ignorance is is apparent and it's powerful and it's mm. sometimes they fear in not what they know so for me the advice I would give people I'd say it now I'd be like, listen if you feel strongly enough to walk out do it because it's right for you but as me being now and thinking I should have stayed on for that game to let them know they didn't penetrate my soul mm. but like you said hindsight's a beautiful thing mm. and when we fast forward so that was when you're 18 right so yeah. you're saying what, 20 odd years ago right yeah. fast forward now it's still happening yeah. Is it getting better at all for you? No. I don't think it's getting better because we're still having this conversation. So better's not good enough. You know, better, just better's not good enough. And that's, if we're, society, I, I believe that it's going to be so hard to eradicate it in society just because there's just people of a evil intent. So mm. it's going to be so hard. But if we strip it and say football, that's why I feel like it's hard because people in society come and watch football it's not all of a sudden that it's different people that come and watch society people and I do think education is empowering education is so important in these situations so the more we can educate so I would say we're still having this in 2020 and that's what I'm saying 20 years ago I had this and we're still having it in 2020 and you would like to think we've come so far but we ain't come far enough, you know, and that's and that, and that's the problem for me where it's still now apparent and with incidents that are happening, you're seeing more racial words and but it's just for me it's mind boggling how you can dislike somebody for their colour of their skin. I always say that. So I just wanna because I'm passionate about this, 
dislike me because I'm a donut or dislike me because I'm arrogant. Dislike, I'm not saying I'm arrogant, but dislike me because of my personality. Don't dislike me for the colour. And that's the mm. thing I can't comprehend in my, I can't fathom it. You can just dislike somebody because of their appearance. It, it, it blows my mind, man. I'm glad you said that, actually. And I'm glad that we've, this is number one in our podcast series. And it's a topic that we have just stumbled across because we've started talking about debuts and this and that. And the reason I think it's really important, this has just completely happened organically, is just to highlight when people say it's not a problem. It is. It is a problem. Because we've just said it happened 20 years ago in your debut, still happening now. Yeah. In fact, you even reported something in the last season. Yeah, yeah. On the pitch. Yeah. You know, it's still happening. And I just love that we can have these conversations openly. Yeah. And in, in my... When I talk about this and when I think about this, what I think will have to happen is a generational shift. So... When I have kids, you've got kids, my friends are having kids, right? Their heroes are going to be people like you. So they're going to grow up without the notion of black, white, any difference. Yes. Hopefully man, woman, hopefully gender gets stripped away from it yes. as well. Football becomes anybody's game, everybody's game. It's not just sport, obviously, it's in society as yeah. well. But I genuinely think that... It's the youngsters, they're the ones that you have to open their eyes to, or not necessarily open their eyes, they already are open, just don't blink at them, you know, let them grow up in a world where they don't see anything, any kind of boundaries, all they see is equality, and that's kind of the way I think we're going to change it, because, I mean, I don't know, by I don't know how you get through to people that already have these kind of views. And you know what? The, the, the craziest thing is the youngsters, and it's I have this conversation with my kids, the youngsters don't see colour. When you look at TV, it is multicultural. When you look at... it's mo The world is multicultural, mm. so they don't see colour. The problem is, is it's that I believe the people that's already got their minds set having uncomfortable conversations, and that is the biggest thing. The biggest thing is to have uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. Nobody in this world likes to be uncomfortable. Period. That's just period. But that's what we got to do. We got to sit down and be like, look, you know what? We got to have these uncomfortable conversations. Like, this is how I feel. Yeah. And not how it feels. This is factual. This is what's happening. And if I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're like, just because they agree and can see it, it don't mean they're right. It's, yes, it's uncomfortable. Mm. Just because you're saying, yeah, you know what? I agree with you. It don't make you any bad of a person. And I feel that some people now don't want to be able to believe and say, nah, you know what, that's not happening. You're not just looking for excuses. Yeah. It's like, it's not, I'm telling you out there, yeah. there's systemic racism that is keeps showing its head, period. So let's have these conversations. I'm not trying to point fingers at the person we're having a conversation with, unless they're the people that are being <laughs> racist. But we're generally trying to have a conversation where we can all be better. And that's what it is. It's not, we're all trying to be better. Mm. So, yeah, man, I think it's a thing that we're going to have to constantly try and strive for better, constantly try and be better. And it's mm. it's an ongoing, people ask me all the time, I've done, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? And it's, there's no easy fix. And that's the thing. It's just literally, we got to start by having a conversation and try and move this movement and conversation forward yeah 100 percent. and also like like you say get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable yes i'm a white person behind this microphone do you know i, I don't I've no never, you're not i've I'm never been, been <laughs> <laughs> i've never been racially abused and yeah. i i won't ever know what that feels like but i'm getting comfortable with asking questions in an environment where 
I'm okay with not understanding it. Yes. And all you can do is ask questions. And you know what? Like, it's fine. A lot of my friends will be worried about saying the wrong thing. There's not really anything wrong you can say. Just ask questions. Yes. Like, and that's fine. And that's how you lift the lid on something and kind of go like, instead of feeling uncomfortable about it and putting it in the corner and pretending it's not there, go and have a look at what's in the corner and realise actually once you talk about it, you take a lot of that power away from people. That is, that's almost what people are holding on to is, the, is this stigma, isn't it? It. Yes, and yes. That's it will never change if you don't let but, go of that. So even when I'm saying like, I understand that you've never been racially abused. I get that. Yeah. But you have been done wrong for something that you ain't country. You've been done wrong. Like, I won't know, but maybe because you're a female, they perceive you in a different way. Like people or mums, listen, that person's not smart. Listen, mm. You've been done wrong for something which you're like, there's no reason for me to be done wrong for. So when I'm when I try and talk to people that ain't been racially abused, but you've been done wrong. Yeah. So empathise with us on that, saying that, look, you know that there's been injustice and you've had injustice and nobody that ain't had injustice in their life. So when we say we're having injustice because of the colour of our skin, empathise with us in that because you can empathise with an injustice. Yeah. And that's the thing where we've got to have this conversation. So I'm like, listen, I get it. You're a white person. You ain't been racially abused. I understand that. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, I have. I'm a black person. I, I, I mean, driving my car and police pull up alongside me. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh. and then until they find out what I do, their demeanor changes. So I'm like, I, I'm telling you, that's a problem for me. And just because we keep looking at other places and saying, well, yeah, you know what? We're the best of a bad bunch or see, it, we, we're not killing people. here. It's still wrong's wrong. And I'm, I was one to say, yeah, you know what? We're nowhere as bad as America. You know, I, I accept if a, car, a police car's behind me, sometimes it may pull me over. I accept and I tell them, listen, I'm legit, this, that and the other, because, but it's still wrong. And that's the thing where we've got to have these conversations to say, look, wrong's wrong, period. I don't care what it is, wrong is wrong. So we've got to have these uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, I like that, babe. Let's yeah. keep doing it. I suppose we should really get on with this podcast now, shouldn't we? Yeah, we, we should. We just had, we a, we should, had, yeah. we had a deep, we had a deep conversation. No, but I really enjoyed it, honestly. I think that's wicked. Oh. So... Thank you for teaching me something. Oh, come on, every day's a learning day. I'm learning. It is, every day's it? a learning day. It is, and it's our debut. Yes, it is. And just to round off this section, these are the debuts that we were talking about. So my three were Erling Haaland's Catrick debut uh, for Borussia Dortmund, Rooney's first Premier League goals, his debut goal in the Premier League against Arsenal, uh, Jonathan Woodgate's debut. <laughs> she said Arsenal, by the way, just in case. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Woodgate's debut uh, for Real Madrid, scoring a known goal and getting sent off. Bless him. What were your three? My three was Leon Knight scoring a hat-trick against MK Dons for Swansea. My second one was... Danny Rose. Danny Rose. Yeah, Danny Rose's Danny Rose debut goal against Arsenal. And my third one was Southgate's international tournament. So big up Southgate out here. And the last one, of course, is our debut. Oh, yeah. It's a shutdown one. this actual podcast. Yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Right, our next feature is called Super 6 Rewind. We're going to do this every week. We're going to pick out a standout fixture. And I kind of feel like the standout fixture, because it's the champions of the Premier League versus the champions of the championship, Liverpool v Leeds. So, so wait, 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 wait. Who's the champions of the Premier League again? Champions of the Premier League. Yeah, who's that again? Yeah, your team. Yeah, yeah? Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say uh, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, here we go. And the champions of the championship, of course, Leeds. I mean, this would have been... The perfect fixture in the perfect stadium 
for a fan base, two perfect fan bases. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Two yes. big fan bases. Yes, yes, it's, I agree. It's going to be a little bit different. But look, we accept it nonetheless. What we'll do as well in Super 6 Rewind is um, we'll take your minds back to these classic fixtures between these two teams. There's a few between these guys. So the last time these two met was in 2016. It was the League Cup. There was a previous meeting as well in the year 2000. And that was a seven-goal thriller. Mark Viduka scored four goals for Leeds. Bad boy strikers, to be fair. <laughs> but the fixture that we're going to look back at is August 1992. So it's when the champions Leeds United, they were the champions at the time, they were held to a 2-2 draw at Ellen Road. Here are some stats about the game, Bio. I okay. love the way you're looking at me at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take it in. Yeah. And here's Leeds starting 11. It included David Batty, Gary Speed, Gary McAllister, Eric Cantona. Gordon Strachan came on as a stub. <laughs> Liverpool starting eleven included David James, Mark Wright, Jamie Redknapp, and Ian Rush. That's some powerhouses, right? There's like, some big names in those teams. Leeds is powerhouse. Their powerhouse is Leeds' team at that time. I can, I can see why they were champions. Yeah. So the thing is, if you might not remember this because you were a baby at the time, right? Not a baby, but you were a bub. So you were like I was 10, a bub. Right? I was ten. I was yeah. ten. So this was the same year. You might know some of these songs. Crisscross, jump. Oh, jump! I was jumping around to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby got back. Baby got back. Yeah, because that was when I started realizing that I like back. You know, I'm just saying. Shh, shh. Sorry, let's move on swiftly. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Did you go to the cinema when you were 10 years old? No, it was expensive back then. No? No. Well, if you had of, you might have seen Batman Returns. I waited till that came out on VHS. You lot don't know about that. You lot got DVDs now. (laughs) You know, it took a year when it came out. Let me tell you something. When films used to come out early times, Mm. you had to wait a whole year for it to come out on TV and then you had to wait and go to like Blockbusters. Do you remember Blockbusters? Come on now. You had to go rent the movie, couple pounds for three days and then it was late fees. Look, you young oh, pups, yeah. you like, listen, you won't remember. But Batman Returns was a bad boy film. Do you remember you used to put the little, you used to put the videos back in the little post box? Yes. Outside Blockbuster. Outside Blockbuster, come just on. Just like through the little slot. We had a local one as well. So then they started doing it in your local shops. Oh, so yeah. on the corner, so you go in there, rent it for the night. Be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go rent this. Yeah, man, good times. Great memories. I actually went to the cinema and watched Batman Returns. Did you? Yeah, actually, I remember it. I remember oh, so you it. was rich, rich when you was young. <laughs> no. It's cool, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, many no, people no. know it was expensive to go, so I only probably went on birthdays and that. <laughs> and that's when the pound was strong. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was expensive. That was honestly, that was probably like my one out of the year as well. Home Alone 2, that was out Ooh. as well at the same time. In sport, it was the Barcelona Olympics. And it was the debut season of the Premier League. That is mad, That's isn't it? That's mad. 1992. Listen, we're going to move on a little bit. Obviously, um, that for me, I was too young to really remember that game. We know that number one in the charts was Snap, Rhythm is a Dancer. I don't know the rest, but yeah, big tune as well, man. I'm going to name you some players that were born in that year as well, 1992. Thibaut Courtois. Oh, baby. Oh. Mm. 1992. 92. Christian Eriksen. That one surprised me. He's older than that, no? Because I always think they're older than... Like, you know when you watch footballers and because when you watch them from a young age, you assume everyone's older than you. So I still assume everyone's older than me. Christian Eriksen. He looks old, man. That's why. But you're trying to say he's, what, 28? That's he played for Spurs for so long. Uh, listen, I don't want to dark him <laughs> like that and then one's there. Like, that's an Arsenal thing, isn't it? But man just looks old. His whole demeanour's mature. Yeah. You know them ones? Lamella. Lamella's a 1992 baby as well. I was just with Lamella yesterday. Were you? Yeah. Um, we did little... Um, Played some Madden together and that. Yeah, I was. I used to pop as well. Neymar. Oh, Neymar's. Neymar's a pop. Too. Yeah. Right, these are young boys. Amazing, isn't it? Who were you playing for when you were ten years old? My school team or my play centre. So it was. 
I won't, I didn't do the whole academy stuff. Um, I think that cost money at them times, and we've already established I had no money back then. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Mum, I, I love you. Mum, Dad, I love you. I always ate, so that's that's the most important things. But yeah, I must have been playing for my school team at the time, like just mucking around and that. We are at the business end, so it's basically time for our Super 6 score predictions for round one. This is how to play. You download the Super 6 app, you create an account and you play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be in with a chance to win £1 million this week. A lot of money. Here are the fixtures in round one. West Ham, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Bournemouth, Blackburn Rovers, Huddersfield, Norwich, QPR, Forest, Derby County, Reading. Bayo, this is a huge, huge prize man. It's the biggest one that we've had. Massive. Massive. One million Massive. pounds. What would you do with it? One million. One million? Yeah. Oh, I'd kind of buy a little franchise in a chicken shop or something. Would you? Yes. What? Chicken on tap and that, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll get my dream cars and Aston Martin. So I think I'll just purchase myself an Aston Martin just for me in it, like... Because, like, you got five kids, you can't really spoil yourself. So, I think so. If I had a million, I'd get me a little Aston Martin and franchise in a chicken shop. You hear me? Do you think one day, one million pounds aside, that is like going to be your thing? Like, one day we feel like, right, my kids are brought up well, I put food on their plate, I can treat myself, I'm going to buy one. Yeah. So, the goal is, like, when my kids get of age now, nah, I'll be like, listen, B, you've worked, you know, you don't need to feed them no more, like, they're of, of, of age. I'm going to go treat myself to a little Aston Martin DB9. Black on black, big boy spoiler, big boy alloys. I'm just frying that out. That's my treat to myself. <laughs> right, let's do this because I want your predictions. So we're going to go through them from start to finish. Um, I'm going to ask you about it. West Ham against Newcastle. What do you reckon for that one? Oh, it's hard, man, because my guy Antonio's at West Ham. Mm. But then I think Newcastle made some good signings. But good signings. Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, Jamal Lewis as well. Yeah, I see that recently. I saw potentially Rob Holding, but I don't think, I think David Luiz might have just got injured at Arsenal, so I think they want to keep hold of him. I think, listen, I think they've gone good, good established mm. premiership players, young, hungry, up there. So, if they hit the ground running, it's going to be tough. Um, but we played West Ham this season already in pre-season and they gave us an arse whooping. So, um, <laughs> I'm just going to say, so I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham. 2-1 West Ham, yeah. brilliant. Okay, let's go Crystal Palace, Southampton. See, Crystal Palace just signed my guy, Ebbs, Eberichi, yeah. Eze, Easy. bad boy. I'm you say you, Eze? Yeah. Yeah, Eberichi, Eze. Yeah, I say, I, I say Eze. I just mm. call him Ibs, by the way, like for sure. And like, he's going to tear up the Prem. I'm so proud of him. I hope he does his thing. Saha's still there. Mm. Um... But Southampton, they were good, man. Danny Ings. On job. Mm. Problematic. But you back your boy. So as long as as long as Ibs starts, 2-1 Palace. Yeah. If Ibs don't start, I'm going to say 2-1 Southampton. So right. just put that out there. I've got a couple of friends who are QPR fans and they are absolutely devastated. They say he's absolutely incredible. Ralph Hasenhutl as well. I've got a thing, right? So, so managers. I get obsessed with managers because of the way they work. So, for example, when he came in, Ralph Hasenhutl's first home game was against Arsenal. And I remember going and working on that game. It was when Unai Emery had like a run of 20-something games unbeaten. And, and granted, like some of those were in like the Europa League, so it's a little bit different. It wasn't all Premier League. But I remember Ralph Hasenhutl beat Arsenal. And there was this moment where he like jumped out of his technical area and he almost like ran. Like he basically ran into Unai Emery's technical box, like in the, you know, their little area. 
and then just like run back in. I saw like, sorry, that. sorry, like forgot, I saw what, that. forgot what was he supposed to do. Anyway, like I just became like I found him really interesting because they call him like the Klopp of the Alps and all this sort of stuff. I remember writing an article about him and finding out what he does, and he's really interested in analysis, and he gets like a lot of video clips for his players, and he's really kind of like he's really on them, and they nearly got relegated. And uh, they had that horrible game, didn't they, against Leicester. They got absolutely pounded. And then he basically just ripped it all up and went back to his basics of what he's done before. And he started basically producing again and brought in some players that he left out for a little bit and turned things around. And I just find him, I just think he's like, I just think he's a really interesting and a really thoughtful manager. So I'm going to go against you in that one. You know what, I didn't even give you my prediction for the first one as well, but I'm going to go against you for that one too. I'm going to flip the score. So... I'm going to say for Newcastle, I think with those new signings, I'm going to say they're going to beat West Ham. I feel like with West Ham, unless they make some signings up front and also strengthen their defence a little bit, I think they might be in a bit of trouble. 2-1 to Newcastle. Even though it's at the London Stadium, Southampton against Crystal Palace, I'm also going to say Danny Ings was like near top goal scorer last season. Yeah, he was on flames. He was there and thereabouts, wasn't he? So I'm going to say Southampton 3, Palace 1. Yeah, so you've, you've gone against me twice, yeah? I've gone against you twice, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Our, our next one, Bournemouth v Blackburn Rovers. So, obviously, Bournemouth newly relegated, having all their players picked off them, and they've lost their goalkeeper as well, haven't they, Ramsdale? I mean, I. this is a hard one. I'm going to go for you first. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's hard when you get relegated, your top players go... But then it's also when one door shuts, another opens. So the players now are going to be getting a run of games. Or, But saying all that, I'm going to go with Blackburn. Um, my boy Bradley Dax at Blackburn. And I think they'll, they've got the team a little bit more cohesion. A bit more to, solidified, yeah, right? They're not, they've not just been broken up. Yeah. And I think they came back from, they beat Doncaster 4-3 in the last round. Don't quote me on that. But I'm going to go Blackburn... 2-1. Do you know what? I'm going to say 2-1 as well with you. I'm going to go Blackburn Rovers 2, Bournemouth 1. Jason Tindall's taking the reins at Bournemouth now. Um, they don't have Eddie Howe. And I feel like for a little while, that club is going to take a while to find its feet and, and re-stabilise themselves. I hope they do it quickly, but I'm with you on that one, 2-1. I might even go 2-0, actually. Do you know what? I'm going to go 2-0. Wow, I just took the goal away. You're because I just, man, I just, yeah? I feel, I just feel like you're taking Callum Wilson out of it. Josh King's probably going to go as well. He's been on the radar for a few people for a while. Good player as well, yeah, to be good, fair. Yeah, good player. He should, he should really still be playing somewhere in the Premier League. Even just as a backup striker, you know, I don't, I don't think he'll stay there. So I'm going to say 2-0. Huddersfield v Norwich. Newly relegated Norwich as well. What do you reckon, Bear? I think Norwich, at the moment, it looks like they've kept most of their players from last season. Mm. Um, I thought they was, when they got promoted out of the champ, they were solid. I think Huddersfield struggled last year in the champ. So I would say... I'm going to go for a bigger score. I'm going to say 3-1 Norwich. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to say 3-1 Norwich. Ooh. I think Norwich is going to come through and win comfortably. Do you know what, But I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go a little bit more conservative on the scoreline there, but I'm saying that Norwich are going to win that one as well. Okay. QPR v Forest. We were just talking about QPR, losing one of their star players. What do you reckon? I think this is going to be a Forest win. I think they just signed my boy Lyle Taylor to partner grabbing up top. They were very strong, just missed out on the playoffs last season. And QPR had an indifferent form. And then, of course, losing their best player, Ebbs. Um, so I think it will finish 3-1 Forest. 
How is La Taylor, by the way? Because he made the headlines for a really long time, didn't he? Yeah, he's good now. He's good. Listen, I thought it was a bit unfair. Um, mm. That I think he, I think timings plays a part in everything. I think it, everything was slow. The Premier League wasn't back, and they was trying to find stories, and then they made a big thing about that. Listen, I think if he wanted to do it differently, he maybe would have done it differently. But at the same time, because the Prem came back, Ryan Fraser came out and said, "Listen, I'm not going to come back and play," and it was just it was moved on. But he's good. He, he's got his move to Forest. He scored on, I think, his second run out in the preseason. So listen, Lyle's good. He's he's mentally strong, and he definitely will get them goals this season. So I'll I'll say three one Forest. I'm gonna say two nil Forest. So you're saying three one. I'm saying two nil. The last game that we need to do our predictions for Derby County v Reading. Tough one for me. I see Reading was pretty. I think Reading was pretty strong in the last round, but I would like I'll I'll, I'll say Derby. You know what I'm saying? Rooney's at Derby. Like, say, he's influenced that, that Derby. And I think it's at wherever their ground is. It's a Pride Park. Pride Park oh, yeah. come on. I got that. Jeez. <laughs> at Pride Park. So I'm going to say a nice conservative 2-1 Derby. You're going to have to get used to all those names because you're going to be playing there this season. Yeah, I know. I know. Because <laughs> let me just say, because I'm a championship player now. Right. <laughs> okay. I feel like we should get it in as much as we possibly can. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. It yeah. took me 20 years to get here. So <laughs> best believe you lot are going to hear milk it. Milk it, by Milk it. Why not? Uh, what did you go for again? 2-1 two... Two, Derby. 2-1 Derby. Yeah. I'm going to go for 2-0 Derby. I like my 2 nils, don't I? You like your 2 nils, yeah? You don't I rate do, the other teams, no? Uh, there we go. Just a reminder as well. We're going big for the first round. One million pounds that prize money i think i'd open a dog's home you wait 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 you would open a dog's home yeah well you like dogs like that i love dogs yeah you own a dog right yeah how many one one so you would own like a, a, a whole dog's home yeah do you know what i do like my dog is coming on october the first she's yeah. a little friend she's called lulu and she's a tank right <sighs> she's a little tank she looks like a she looks like a loaf of bread She's got like loads of rolls and she looks like she's fresh out of the bakery, basically. So she's coming October 1st. I might bring her some of these recordings. Do you reckon I can bring my dog? Yeah, look, the, the guys over there are like, please bring No, yeah. don't bring no dog out here, no, man. you'll love her, I promise you. you you'll melt. You will she melt. cool like that, yeah? She is. She, is like, she looks All like right. a croissant. I say nothing then. Bring, bring the dog, bring right, the dog. You'll love her. So what I'd do if I had a million, I don't know why, this is just the first thing I thought of when I, <laughs> I thought about getting a million. I would like do a dog's home and I would collect up all of the stray dogs that I could find and I'd look after them and then I'd like, you know, give them to new homes or I'd just keep them. Yeah. Yeah, I have like a dog play park. Yeah. Good for you, LW, yeah. You, what did you want? You want an Aston Martin? I want an Aston Martin. See, see the difference? She wants to go and do nice humanity stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want an Aston Martin. Ah. Anyway, that's the difference between you and I, isn't it? Do you know what though? If you ever want a dog, you know where to go. You're slick. I see what you did there. You waited for my answer, and then you. Oh, it's cool. Say no more. I'll, I'll get you next week. <laughs> okay, so this is an a million pound jackpot. I mean, that is incredible, isn't it? Did I say an a million? That's a new word, isn't it? An a million. An a million pound jackpot. Would you like one of those? If you win a million, I'll take that at a million. <laughs> The million pound jackpot, if it's one uh, by one person, you get the whole lot, obviously. But if six scores are correctly guessed by more than one person in Saturday's round of Super Six, basically it goes to golden goal. So golden goal decider. So it's a time of the first goal. If multiple people do this, the jackpot's going to be split. If nobody gets 30 points or six correct scores, the jackpot will roll over to next week. And it's five points for a correct score and two points for a correct result. 
Does that all make sense? It makes sense. Like, yeah, it's I mean, clear as mud, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I just want a million, innit? So if you uh, give me the million, that's all I really need to know. But yeah, it makes sense. Like, all the best people, good luck. And if you win it and you want to share it, obviously you'd probably want to open a dog's home with me rather than buy bio a uh, new Aston Martin. I, I beg, you buy me the Aston Martin, you can come in at any time. We roll down to the chicken shop. You see what we do there, yeah? We will be looking overly cool. Just find that out there. And if you want to share it with me, obviously, like, you can just come and hang out with puppies and me and just chill out on the farm and that's it. Yeah. I see what, the LW's giving the hints where, you know, the way to her heart is the dogs and that, you know what I'm saying? So I see what she's doing there. Anyway, just anybody that, dog owners out there, LW's put you on notice. Yeah, I haven't. Anyway, also, we have a Super 6 league with £1,000 up for grabs for the winner. And if you want to get involved in that, you head to at Super 6 on Twitter, find out how to enter that is pretty much it for our debut appearance on the Super 6 podcast did you enjoy it? I, I loved it you see they say time time flies when you're having fun and that yeah, like, well, then. It, no, it was good man. it was good I enjoyed it man. I enjoyed it I enjoyed it thank you very much for listening to us um, we really enjoyed it don't forget like subscribe make sure you stay up to date with the Super 6 and you can join in the conversation on Twitter as well you can use the hashtag Super 6 podcast we're going to be back next week with a new set of fixtures more chat from me Laurie Woods from you as well what's your name my name is Adi Bayarek in Fem1 you know what I'm saying make sure you get involved like hashtag this look it's conversations we go back and forth hashtag super six podcast we'll see you next week peace and love